0: Coming up, Stone Garrett looks like the real deal, Madison Bumgarner continues to fade, and other likes and dislikes from this series against the San Francisco Giants. You are a Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas 24 at myportfolio.com On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my to, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Got a little tongue twisted there. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up the show account, Locked On Dime, back to both Twitter and Instagram. Just type it in that little search bar and follow us on YouTube locked on diamondbacks so you guys can see my ugly mug and of course thank you for making locked on diamondbacks your first listen every day i would not be able to do this podcast without you my loyal listeners sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends and on today's pod, I want to jump into some likes and dislikes from this series against the San Francisco Giants because I thought the D-backs were going to roll over after watching the first two games in the series where Madison Bumgarner, game one, struggles, gives up six earned runs, does not look very good. D-backs get blown out in game one. Come back for game two, it looks like Merrill Kelly's dominating. It feels like the D-backs are going to somehow pull away with a one nothing victory bullpen blows and you're like whoa you lose the first game blowout fashion you blow the second game it's like do you have enough you know pride we talked about that competitive pride yesterday on the podcast do any of these d-backs players have enough competitive pride to stand up down 0-2 in a series where these games don't really mean anything can they get up for a game against the nl west rival in a series that don't mean much the d-backs responded Injust, and they were able to respond the next two games. Zach Davies looked great in game three, then Zach Gallen looked great in today's game to split the series because it did not feel like the D backs were going to split the series after being down 2 0. But like I said, the D backs have been pretty good against the Giants so far this season. They've, I think, they have above 500 record against the Giants so far this season. So I'm not surprised that the D backs were able to split the series, but um, I didn't expect it after watching the first two games so let's get into some likes and dislikes from this series against the Giants because it was it turned out to be a positive series for the D-backs after not starting strong it ended up actually being a positive series for the D-backs and we got some likes and some dislikes from this series against the D-backs and I first want to start with the likes Let's start on a positive note the first positive the first thing I like from this series Stone Garrett versus Jake McCarthy for the fourth outfielder is a very fun conversation. Just watching them both right now is a fun conversation because like when the D-backs acquired Emmanuel Rivera, of course, we didn't like that deal because we felt like Rivera was just going to take a bat's away from Josh Rojas, right? And then with Stone Garrett getting called up, you're like, he's just going to take a bat's away from um, Jake McCarthy potentially. But with Rivera coming over, him and Rojas have played a lot of games together, both being in the lineup, and it feels like a lot of those games they both produce together. And then you look at this series against the Giants, Stone Garrett and Jake McCarthy were both phenomenal in this series against the Giants. Both of them were really strong. I mean, Garrett had three doubles in this series, hit a stolen base today. Like, whenever Garrett goes up to the plate, Those doubles feel like moonshots. I mean, he's crushing it. He's watching that ball fly. It's going to the warning track every time. Like, I feel like every time Stone Garrett makes contact, is going to be a moonshot. I could see why the D-backs called him up. Like, I could see the power. Even though we haven't seen a home run yet from Stone Garrett, He's playing in San Francisco. Uh, Some of those doubles in other ballparks probably would have been home runs. Like this dude just has that power profile when he swings. It's easily um, detectable when you watch him. So this guy, I think, could be good. I mean, I I like the way he looks when he's at the plate swinging the ball. He's got some speed, he's got some pop. So I like Stone Garrett as well. But he's in competition with Jake McCarthy. And right now, they're both making a name for each other. Jake McCarthy had to hit every game this series, including two multi-hit games. He looks super comfortable up there. He's always making plays on the bases. Like I brought up that stat the other day. I think over 50% of the time he's taking an extra base when he's a base runner. Like Jake McCarthy is always putting himself in good scoring positions on the bases. He's a quick guy. He can get to second to third really quickly. I think we saw that in today's game with that Carson Kelly uh double Jake McCarthy go from first to third. So I like both of these guys right now in the outfield, and who knows? Maybe you, if you're the D-backs, you have um, more than four outfielders next season. I mean, you're going to have Varsho, you're going to have Corbin Carroll, and you're going to have Alec Thomas, but maybe you do a little bit more Varsho platooning at catcher so you can have Jig McCarthy and Stone Garrett on the Major League roster because right now with those, the way those two guys are swinging their their bats You need to give them as many opportunities as possible. Another thing that impressed me that I want to talk about to round out segment number one is Christian Walker and Josh Rojas because both of them are continuing to impress. They were on my list of things that have really impressed me since the All-Star break. And in this series, they continue to impress because Christian Walker has been kind of, you know, home run or bust for most of the season. But since the All-Star break, this is a guy who's actually hitting for contact. OPS is a little bit raised, but he's striking out at a le- at a lesser rate than he was you know the first half of the season which is really important in this series he had two bombs two home runs um had a hit I think in three of the four games like it was another strong series from Christian Walker showed the pop didn't strike out a ton and I just think he's swinging a really nice bat right now along with Josh Rojas who is just super I mean Josh Rojas seems super locked in at the plate right now his average after today's game is at 283 with the 355 OBP and a 412 slugging so that slugging um that overall OPS is still not above 800 which I want it to be but it's getting pretty close to that with that 283 average like Rojas looks locked in he looked great at the plate today against the Giants he had multiple how many doubles did he have today it felt like he had at least two doubles he only had one double today but he had just some incredibly long shots in that game today Rojas also added a couple more steals to his total in this series 17 now in the season now the sad part is he was caught for the first time this season in today's game which you know Rojas has been great he got picked off he got caught stealing so you know he he got in he got himself into a little bit of trouble in that situation but So far in the second half, Rojas looks super locked in with Christian Walker. They both look locked in. They just both look comfortable at the plate. Like, they're not just going up there and getting full. Do they still strike out at times? Yeah, but felt like in the first half, they struck out at a way higher rate, which they did. And now, they seem to be more comfortable. They seem to be a little bit more rejuvenated and recharged after that all-star break. Like, a couple of D-backs players, like the Jake McCarthys of the world, who we talked about. So... No Ketel Marte in the lineup. Josh Rojas steps up to the plate, and he was able to carry the offensive load for his team today. So I love the way Rojas, Walker, Garrett, Jake McCarthy, I love the way those boys are playing right now. They look really good in this lineup. And it's like we're not even talking about Ketel Marte really that much. We're not talking about Dalton Varsho that much. We're talking about these other offensive players in the D-backs lineup, and that has to make you feel good if you're a D-backs fan. It's not just the stars in your lineup putting in work. It's also the ancillary pieces. So when we talk about this D-backs lineup, in the future, three to four years from now, being one of the best in baseball, it's because of these secondary pieces that may not turn into stars like the Josh Rojas but are still very good above average major leaguer. So very impressed with some with what some of the offensive players were able to do with the D-backs this series against the Giants. Now, I want to talk about some more positives and non-positive from this series Against the Giants, but I first want to talk to you about your liver, because what's more positive than your liver, right? It's the body's metabolic furnace, but it's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked our livers but now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to liver health formula by pure health research i know i butchered that word metabolism just now liver health formula contains eight liver boosting super nutrients like turmeric beet and artichoke extract all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin flushing and fat burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. So go to getliverhelp.com MLB to learn more and claim your free bottle of CurbFit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com MLB now to get started. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss some more likes and dislikes from this series against the Giants. And the other like I have: three of the four starters looked fantastic in this series against the Giants. Let's first start with Zach Gallon and move our way backwards because Zach. Gallon today against the Giants oh my god Gallen you look phenomenal it was the rubber match matchup I guess not since it was a four game series but to me it was because you had Logan Webb versus Zach gallon the two aces of both of the staffs and Logan Webb—he didn't look like an ace today. Four two-thirds innings pitch The D-backs. Oh, at one point it said four earned runs. But I guess ESPN um, redid their scoring, so now only three earned runs given up by Logan Webb. Five runs total, and the D-backs were able to hit him around. Still gave up nine hits. Like the D-backs offense was pretty locked in on Logan Webb, but the Giants' offense couldn't say the same for Zach Gallon because Zach Gallon is in his freaking bag right now. This man, Zach Gallen, is looking like a superstar pitcher. And as the season is going on later and later, Zach Gallen is just getting better and better as the season starts to fade. Career high, 12 strikeouts against the Giants and 21.2 straight scoreless innings. Pitch for Zach Allen. He's locked in. And for a guy that's getting better as the season fades, that makes you wonder what kind of postseason pitcher could Zach Allen be? If the D backs ever made it to the playoffs. Hopefully, soon they could do that. Because if someone is getting better as the season gets later, that bodes well for the postseason. I think Gallon's definitely the kind of guy, got the pitching stuff to translate to the postseason, unlike a Clint Kershaw who sucks in the postseason. Zach gallon would be a great postseason performer, so hopefully we could get there on um, one day with Zach Gallon and maybe we could with this rotation perform the way they are because in yesterday's game, game three, Zach Davies was on the bump and he also looked fantastic. Five innings pitch, one earned run, six strikeouts, just a perfect day for Zach Davies. He didn't go deep into the ball game but he definitely did just enough of not allowing runners on the bases not giving up um just great in terms of run prevention like I talked about I would be pretty happy if Zach Davies returned to the D-backs next season like his traditional numbers aren't like eye-popping or phenomenal or anything like that but his numbers are right aligned with what his career numbers are which makes him like a solid number four starter number three probably number four starter in your rotation and if Davies comes back next year the number four starter and Brent Strom doesn't decide to retire or anything like that like I like that D-backs rotation Gallon Kelly Davies I like three of those Five starters now. Mad Bum will probably be there too. I don't love Mad Bum, but Davies, I think, has been very good this season. He's got under a four year right now after his most recent start. Like, considering what I thought we were getting from Zach Davies when we signed him, like, Zach Davies, if you remember recently, you know, his last couple seasons before coming over to Arizona, he wasn't very good. He was good in 2020, but that was a shortened season. But in 2021, a full season with the Cubs, 32 starts, a 5.78 ERA, a 5.45 5 FIP. Like he didn't look very good. But there was optimism that Zach Davies could be good because the shortened season he was good 2020 with the Padres and 2019 full season with the Brewers, a 3.55 5 ERA. So three of the last four seasons he's had a pretty damn good ERA. Really, 2021 was the only um, outlier year, and he's only 29 years old. So why not bring Zach Davies back for next season? The D Backs feel like it's necessary, and then game two, Merrill Kelly, our other frontline starter, Zach Allen. Merrill Kelly, I I said they were a fringe top 10 duo before. I'm moving them up. They're getting the bump up in my rankings, they're moving up to number seven. They're top seven duo in all of baseball as a frontline duo because Merrill Kelly in game two, seven innings pitch, seven strikeouts, no earned runs. All these pitchers just look locked in when it comes to their stuff, you know, their tools in their tool belt. Brent Strom just seems to be pulling the perfect strings. Carson Kelly back behind the plate, calling perfect games for these pitchers and everyone is just in unison. Defense, for the most part, is looking pretty good for the D-backs, but of course, they also have some boneheaded plays. Like I don't think there's any team with a better defensive highlight and low light reel than the D-backs because you'll have guys like Alec Thomas robbing you know, <laughs> robbing home runs basically at the wall to end games. And then you also see a play today where he just drops a routine fly ball. Probably the probably had a little sun in his eyes, but I don't think there's a team with a bigger variance of highlights and low lights when it comes to defensive plays than the D backs. But Merrill Kelly, Zach Allen, Zach Davies, The way they're pitching right now, like Ebacks, backs we talked about it yesterday. They could be the spoiler of the second half. The road to the playoffs could go through Arizona. And if you're going to have starters pitching like that, then it's going to be tough for those opposing teams to make it to the postseason. Unless, now let's get into our dislikes, unless they face Madison Bumgarner because Madison Bumgarner continues to fade down the stretch. And it's not something you want to see from your highest paid player. He's going to get another fat check next year I think he makes like 23 million next season so Madison Bumgarner is still getting paid a lot of money and I do like that he's always available like he hasn't missed a start yet this season like availability is a good ability but whoever tells you availability is the best ability like yeah I think some D-backs fans would actually not mind if Madison Bumgarner took a a start or two off but Madison Bumgarner in that recent start, five and two-thirds, six earned runs I already talked about, but before that, six innings, five earned runs. Before that, five and two-thirds, four earned runs. Before that, six innings, four earned runs. So he's at least going deep into ball games. but then before that, eight innings, two earned runs, elite. But then before that, five innings, four earned runs. So basically, one, two, three, four, and five of his last six starts, he's given up at least four earned runs. Madison Bumgarner is fading down the stretch. His ear raised now at a four three seven. When he, after his um, July 9th start against the Colorado Rockies, he had a 3.65 ERA. That was before this run of four of five starts, um, giving up four earned runs. Or excuse me, that was before his run of five of six starts, giving up four earned runs. After July 9th start, 3.65 ERA. Since then, 3.83, 3.71, 3.83, 3.96, 4.13, then 4.37. Madison Bumgarner is. Fading down the stretch, and if you got Madison Bumgarner on your fancy team, I would fade Mad Bum because he's someone that's not trustworthy right now. And heading into next season, we always talk about positive momentum. That was a big theme on yesterday's podcast. Building positive momentum in the second half. So when you enter next season, hopefully some of that momentum continues. You build a winning culture. And Mad Bum is kind of holding us back a little bit. He's a veteran. He's got all the experience in the world, but he just. Isn't very good anymore. And Brent Strom is trying his best. But as all the other pitchers in the rotation. Seem to get better as the season goes on. Madison Bumgarner seems to be hitting that wall. Still only 33 years old. It's not like Madison Bumgarner. Is a a dude that's ridiculously old. Like when the D-backs signed him. He was, when the D-back signed him, he was only 30 years old. Like, he's going to be Zach Davies' age next season. Does it feel like Zach Davies is about to hit some insane wall? No. And, of course, Madison Bumgarner broke into Major League Baseball at age 19. So, he was, like, already an 11-year veteran when the D-back signed him. But this is someone that shouldn't be as broken down as he is. He probably shouldn't be as bad as he is, considering he's still in his early 30s. But the 30s have not treated Madison Bumgarner well. He's fading down the stretch. And if you have him on your fantasy team, I would fade mass and bum garner. now I got a few more likes I want to discuss with you guys before we get out of here today. But if you want to bet a massive bum garner continuing to fade down the stretch, you need to head to betonline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss a few more dislikes I have. And one of them is, please, can we get less Ian Kendi and less Chris Davinsky? Now, it's more of what I talked about yesterday, less Ian Kendi in that closer role, because I did not like seeing Ian Kendi close game two, at least attempt to close game two and the D-backs blow it like that was such a beautiful Merrill Kelly starts seven innings, walked the tightrope, gave up no earned runs to the Giants. I think Mantiply came in that eighth inning, shut it down. The D-Backs, I mean, I was like, can the D-Backs pull off a one-nothing victory? I'm never confident when the D-Backs enter the ninth inning up one-nothing. That just feels like a, you know, that that feels like a blown save waiting to happen. And it was in game 2 of this series because of Ian Kennedy entering the game and like I talked about on yesterday's pod Ian Kennedy just has not been good in save situations like I'm not done as I'm not done with Ian Kennedy as a reliever just as a closer make him the setup guy make him the 7th inning guy I don't care but in save situations this year he has an ERA north of 4 which just isn't going to cut it Ian Kennedy veteran experience but just a little bit over the hill, so let's make him, let's not put him in those high leverage closing situations, let's get him in a little bit more low leverage situations, along with his other reliever, Chris Davinsky, because I think he's given up a run in like two or three um, straight outings, I don't even know, I don't even need to see the stats for Chris Davinsky, because every time I turn on TV, I feel like Davinsky is giving up an earned run, and just like what, what does he provide? What does he offer? I already broached this question one time on the podcast, but what does Chris Davinsky do for me on my major league roster? Like, he's not a very good reliever. You're trying to recapture some all star form he had like eight years ago. Like, let's give that spot to some young pitchers we have in our you know in our bullpen in the minor leagues like the D-backs have a ton of young pitchers around 24 to 26 years old that are ready to make an impact or at least you know be given the opportunity to make an impact instead we throw out guys like Chris Davinsky who almost blew game three after Zach Davies left like I'm just off the Davinsky bandwagon entirely like Ian Kendi I just don't want to see him anymore as a closer Davinsky you could just DFA him and get him off the roster like I don't really have any love for Chris Davinsky no shade to him as a person or anything like that, as a player i'm off the kristovinsky bandwagon another thing i dislike seth beer just not doing anything with his short stint like he went over in the first two games of this series i believe he got he went uh he got demoted i think he was demoted for stone garrett and so far that move looks like it's going to work out and For Seth Beer, this is someone that I was hoping gets more opportunity down the stretch. He'll probably get called up at least one more time and get some at-bats under his belt. But he's someone that I thought really needed a big you know, end to the season to make a case for him as maybe battling for that first base position entering spring training next season. But it really doesn't feel like the D-backs have a ton of confidence in Seth Beer. It doesn't feel like Seth Beer has a ton of confidence in himself right now. I don't have a ton of confidence in Seth Beer being the first baseman of the future. And I made... um. The case for a D-backs prospect yesterday, I believe it was Dominic Canzone, a guy who plays first base uh, for the D-backs in the minor leagues, and he's someone that has really strong stats. He's someone that's raked since college. He's kind of like a Seth Beer, like at every level he's raked. Um, He's probably a defensive liability as well, but considering Seth Beer hasn't been able to do with his bat and he's a defensive liability, might as well give some other prospects a chance um, to make a a name for themselves and see if they can play first base and be a platoon guy for Christian Walker. So for Seth Beer to see him get demoted this weekend, to see him struggle, like he's someone that was really high on entering the season. Like When we get to the end of the year and I look back at my preseason predictions for the D-backs I think one of my preseason predictions was Seth Beer winning rookie of the year for the D-backs I don't know if I meant it in terms of actually him winning the MLB rookie of the year award but maybe just the D-backs rookie of the year I have to go back and see my preseason predictions but either way felt like Seth Beer was going to be like the breakout star of the D-backs this season that just that just didn't happen it isn't happening and I'm sad to see it not happening because like, all those prospects in that Zach Greinke trade were, like, borderline top 100 guys. Corbin and JB Berskakis were definitely top 100 guys. Seth Beer was still a top five prospect in the Astros organization. He was someone that raked in the minor leagues, and he just hasn't been able to do it on the major league level. That makes you wonder, is he a quad A type player? One of those players that are good in AAA, can crush AAA pitching, but once they get promoted, uh, they're, kind of no, they're kind of in no man's land in purgatory. So, Seth Beer, hate to see you demoted, buddy. And then, my last dislike from this series I want to talk about is Alec Thomas continuing to slump. He was 0 for 4 today. And since the All-Star break, Alec Thomas, 5'17 OPS in the second half, didn't do much offensively in this series against the Giants. Even just dropped a routine fly ball in center field today. I think he lost in the Sun. But Alec Thomas, like, I liked. I like way he's done this so far this season. He's not going to finish top two or top three in a uh, NL Rookie of the Year voting, but I think he's had a solid season. But the second half has really killed his numbers. Like now, his overall stat line on the season for Alec Thomas: two forty one average, a six sixty eight OPS, eight home runs in eighty six games, four stolen bases, caught stealing three times. Like his numbers aren't eye popping. I definitely think this is not the best version of Alec Thomas. I definitely think there is a ceiling there. I definitely see a 300 hitter, you know, 750 OPS, kind of like the numbers that Josh Rojas is putting up now in terms of a, in terms of a slash line. That's why I think Alec Thomas could do with maybe 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases, you know, 10 to 15 home runs and maybe 15 to 20 uh, stolen bases. I don't think Alec Thomas is like a superstar type player, but I think he is above average major leaguer could be a borderline all-star level player. And we know what he does defensively i want to see his speed utilize pretty uh, a little bit more because he's one of the top players in terms of sprint speed um, he's one the, he's in the 90th plus percentile in sprint speed so i want to see that speed be utilized a little bit more for Alec Thomas. Of course, we want to see him hitting at the top of the lineup a little bit more, but he also needs to perform a little bit better. I know Alec Thomas performs better when he's batting second as opposed to batting seventh, but he's going to have to get his production numbers up when he's batting seventh, so he can be moved up in the lineup. Um, But either way, I just don't like the way he's slumping right now, and I'm hoping to end the season, Alec Thomas can get back on track because he's going to get opportunities. He's going to get at bats. He's one of those guys that I think gets pretty locked into an everyday role. One, because he's such a freaking phenomenal defensive player and two he's young and he's one of the top D-backs prospects so I think he will get a lot of opportunities to end the season but I hope Alec Thomas can break out of the slump and get back to what he was doing that first month of season with the D-backs because he's kind of a slap ball hitter a little bit but I think he's great at making contact not a ton of power but does have some pop so I would like to see a strong start from Alec Thomas to end the season because I don't like what I'm seeing right now post all-star break but it could just be that rookie wall like he's still super young doesn't typically play this many games could be the rookie wall they sing right now but let's hope he can hit that wall and then break through to power through to the end of the season now That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. It's Friday, so go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed. Recorded with Sully Baseball earlier in the week, so go check out that podcast. Thank you to everyone for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing. So thank you for that. Make your second listen of the day. Locked on MOB, my pal Sully Baseball, Walking Baseball Encyclopedia. Of course, very knowledgeable about the game. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces!